0: Children's church leader asked the children, Why do people have to be quiet in church? And this one special little girl said, Because they're all sleeping. (laughs) So I want you to look at your neighbor this morning and say, There'll be no sleeping beside me, okay? No sleeping beside me. I have a good elbow. Praise God. I'm excited this this morning, the message that's been laid on my heart today, and the title of it is called Preoccupied. We're living in a preoccupied world, and the scripture verse for this, the text for this message this morning is taken from Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Do you know what, We're going to do something a little different this morning. Can you please stand for the reading of God's word? Can you do that? This we used to do that in church. I'm just kind of old-fashioned. Can we stand for the reading of God's word? Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, which reads as follows. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. Soon. Soon. The emphasis on soon take place. He sent an angel to present the revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is the report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Here it is. God blesses those who read the words of this prophecy of this church. So I'm going to be blessed here this morning. I don't know about you, but I love to be blessed to the Lord. God said he's gonna bless me for reading the word to you. And here's your part now. you wanna be blessed this morning? Yes. Then you need to listen. This is what it says. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, and here it is again, when God says it twice, for the time is, what's it say? Near. The time is near. Well, you say, well, this was written over 2,000 years ago. Remember, with the Lord, a 1,000 years is like what? A day. So we've got only two days down the road here. Hello? So, need to be ready. So, Lord, I thank you today for this opportunity to proclaim the good news, the gospel. I pray, Lord, for open hearts, that they would receive what you'd have them receive to do today. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This book called The Bible... What a privilege it is to open it. I want to give you a little bit of history. I I always like history where I know some of you are history buffs, and some of you go, oh, I don't want to hear about that stuff. I want to give you a little bit of history this morning. A man by the name of Voltaire, the famous French philosopher, once called the Prince of Infidels, reportedly said in 1776, that within 100 years, the Bible would be a forgotten relic found only in museums. Fifty-eight years after Voltaire's death, his house was being used by the Evangelical Society of Geneva, which distributed Bibles throughout Europe, and the printing presses on which he printed his revulsion of Christianity were printing the Holy Scriptures. No other book is like the Bible. It is written by 40 men from all walks of life, kings, priests, prophets, fishermen, and farmers over a period of 1,600 years, 1,500 B.C. and 100 A.D. Some writers were highly educated, like Moses and the Apostle Paul, while others had no formal education. Yet more than 3,000 times these men claimed What they wrote came directly from God. What is it that makes the Bible different? Because it is continually relevant. Today, as we open the scriptures, even though it was written 2,000 years ago, it is speaking to us today. It is more relevant, I think, in some areas than it was when they wrote it. It is relevant. That the Bible is the most important book you will ever, ever have in your hands. I also, uh, I kind of have to chuckle to myself. There's a lot of people that think they, they have an authority on the Bible. And my question to them always is, how many times have you read the Bible through? Good question. Well, I just read parts of it. Well, would you go to a doctor that said, you know, my, my medical books, I only read half of them. Would you go to him and he said, Do you know what? You have a heart problem, but I think I'll take out your kidney. How would you say, whoa, I ain't going near that doctor. This book is relevant from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between, and you have to take it literally. So I consider it a privilege today to open God's word, doesn't matter what Voltaire said. We still have it, and it's still the bestseller today. 66 books, written by 40 individuals, and it all lines up. So I'm just giving you a little bit of history. This has absolutely nothing to do with my message. So stay with me. We're looking at... The book of revelation and i want to give you a little bit of history on the individual that wrote this book john the apostle now john is the only uh, living disciple um, that walked with jesus he's in his about his, his 90s at this point when he writes this book uh of course you know judas betrayed jesus and he, he took his own life because of the remorse of what he did to jesus the other 10 disciples that walked with Jesus all died martyrs' lives in different countries for their faith in Jesus Christ, proclaiming the gospel. But here John is. John has been put on the island of Patmos. Now where's the island of Patmos? It is what they call the Adrian Sea, which is part of the Mediterranean Sea. It's about 50 miles from Ephesus where John was the pastor. And Ephesus is, the, is part of what we call Turkey today. There were seven churches there. And Ephesus is the first one that we'll be talking about today on where uh, John was the pastor. And why is John on the Isle of Patmos was because at that time, Emperor Domitian, a Roman emperor of that area, was the most ungodly, wicked man, cruel man, and anyone that did not call him master and God was considered a criminal and he was killed or sent to the Isle of Patmos. And so that's how John ends up on the Isle of Patmos and John tells you about it. Here we're going to read. In Revelation one, Starting on verse 9. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us, I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was on the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit and suddenly I heard behind me, a loud voice like a trumpet blast. Now John would be at the end of his life, he's on this island as a criminal among other criminals and he's probably thinking, this is the end. My days are numbered, my work is done. As you know, John wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote first and second and third John. And now he would pen the book of Revelation, which Jesus gave to him personally To let us know what will happen in the days ahead and in the times that we're living in. So he has been confined to the Isle of Patmos. Now, I'm not going if you want to know what Jesus looked like in the next few verses when you get home, you can read about what Jesus looked like. But I'm going to pick up on again on verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you've seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now, let me just explain that to you just for a minute. I know you're all theologians, so this is not nothing new to you. So, what, what, what is this about Angels. Jesus had assigned an angel to each one of the churches, and I would like to think to every church that's preaching God's word with authority and conviction that God has placed an angel or angels here. There could be one standing here this morning. I don't know. If you see him, let me know, okay? There is probably an angel here, and the lampstands are the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when you start to grieve the Holy Spirit and he leaves, you just have another religious organization or a club. That's what happens when you grieve the Holy Spirit and he leaves. You come, sit down, yawn, have a coffee on the way out, that's it. That is not a church where the lampstand and it is burning brightly. The presence of the Holy Spirit. Did you sense the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning during worship? You don't have to answer me. If you didn't, I want you to stand up. I want to see what you look like. No, just kidding. Did you sense the moving of the Holy Spirit here today, already? Right if you haven't i pray that somewhere through this message the holy spirit is just going to wake you up and go whoa i got that the holy spirit we all say come holy spirit i need thee come sweet spirit i pray the holy spirit has to be here stirring us opening our hearts putting a hunger in our hearts for the things of God. I'm glad we have an amen section here this morning. I get really lonely up here. I, I, when we used to minister a lot in the States, down in Alabama and, and places like that, or in Jamaica, and the churches are all black, I lo- they'll, you'll preach till you drop. Because they're behind you. It's amen, preach it, pastor! You feel the water running down the back of your legs. It's so hot. But you should be excited about the things of God. Can I have one week amen? amen. That's better. We're getting there. Thank you. Now, a little more history. You saying, is this guy just a history buff? No, I'll get into the message eventually. Just stay with me, okay? Revelation. Chapter 2. The first one is the church of Ephesus. That was called the church that was preoccupied. They were preoccupied. That sounds a little bit like us today. Preoccupied. So that's why I gave it the title, Preoccupied. Now, the church in Ephesus, I want to give you a little bit of history on that area. At that time, it, it was a, a, a thriving city, very, very wealthy. It was a port city, so the sailors would all come into it and, and bring with them that lifestyle. And Ephesus was also known for having the temple of the goddess Diana. It was considered one of the seven wonders of the world at that time. It was huge. And it was beautiful. Now you're sitting there this morning and what? say, what's he talking about? Well, when you get home, you can Google it. Don't do it now. When you get home, you can Google the temple of Diana. So what was Diana the, the goddess? It was the goddess of fertility. And it was a temple where prostitution was the way of life in this temple. It was ungodly. It was a pagan place. So this is the place where John has been pastoring the church of Ephesus in this setting. So now we're going to look at Ephesus. Chapter 2, verse 1. Right. This letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. Now remember what the seven stars were. They were the angels that were assigned to each one of the churches in that area called Turkey today. There were seven churches in that area. And the seven gold lampstands. And then verse 2. I know all the things you do. Sounds positive to me. Starting out well. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. Oh, this is... This is going along well. Sounds good. Church is going good. You've examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. Okay. The church isn't that old yet. It's about 60, 70 years old. It's not that old, and they're, they're dealing already with false prophets, false teachers. Do you know the Bible says very clearly, in the end days there will be many false prophets, there will be many false teachers. Is that, is that true? Is that what it says? And, and many will be deceived. you know a false prophet or a false teacher Will always want you to come back to them, and so they kind of direct your life and, and control you. They need a, a, a teacher or a prophet that has followed God, will always point you to Jesus. So that's one area how you can know is this a false prophet or a false teacher? And today, there's there just so much going on within the Christian circles. You're going, I, I, who do I believe anymore? That's so why it's so important that you know what does God's word say. If you don't open this up, you will not know what a false teacher is. So John addressed it earlier in John, First John Chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. I'm just going to quickly read this. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world, and this is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist. Antichrist means against God, anti-God. Which you heard is coming into the world and is indeed already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. You all know that scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know those scripture verses. Those people belong to the world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint. And the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. That is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. That is one thing that will be prevalent in the end days is the spirit of deception. The father of lies satan is a liar he will try to deceive you what did he do to eve in the garden of eden he said did god really really say you shouldn't eat from this tree i mean a loving god wouldn't want you to not have that apple he was a liar then and he's still a liar he will try to deceive you he'll try to trick you up in some area in your life, and you'll say, you know, that's really not a big deal. Come on, that's not really a big deal. But I'll tell you, he'll take you down a path that you wish you would have never, ever, ever followed. The devil comes to seek and destroy and to kill, but Jesus has come to give us what? Life. How much life? Abundant. Abundant life. See, I knew you guys knew the word. I knew it. You, you, you know it. Abundant life. So let's go back to revelation. Continue on. Verse four. "But I have this complaint against you. oh-oh. Oh, we just shifted. When God uses the word but, listen up. But, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at the first. Okay, then. What happened? So, I just want to read the rest of it here. Love me or each other as you did at the first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches you know i i do this to myself on a regular basis am am i where i was when i first invited jesus christ into my life or or have i have i cooled off where where am i at And I want to say this, and I'm sure 99.9% of you would agree with me in this statement. In the last two years, there has been a a devastating thing take place in people's lives, in their relationships, in their families, in their churches. There has been a, a cooling off between their relationship with God. There's been a a change in their relationships with those that they used to have fellowship with. I'm here to tell you this morning, we need to get back to where we were in our relationship with God and with each other. It's called love. When was the last time you text or emailed someone and just to let them know you're thinking of them, and praying for them and that you love them when was the last time within your own families things have happened in the last two years family members aren't talking what happened to love we need to have that love back first of all with our loving Savior, Jesus Christ, and with each other. I remember when my wife Annette and I came to the Lord, I remember in those days it was a sovereign move of God, and people were lined up outside of churches waiting for the doors to open so they could get in. I pray we have that again. But what it's gonna take is your relationship with Jesus Christ. So you get that burning passion within you. We've seen a lot of change. We have. I mean there was a time if you went to church and you didn't have a suit and tie on and dressed up, I'll tell you, you thought, God's gonna strike me dead. Times have changed. But what about the heart? It's about the heart. May God stir that up inside of us. Love. Do you know, I think we've lost the art of writing letters. Uh, those of us who are the older, uh, older generation, we used to write letters to someone we loved. And when you got the envelope, it would smell a perfume. You know who it was from. I don't know how you use perfume on an email or text. I have no idea. I, I think we've lost something here. But, but when you love someone, you want to spend time with them. That's what love is. And when they're not there, you miss it. There's a void in your heart. That's love. He said, when Jesus says repent, you might say, well, this was written 2,000 years ago. What does it have to do with me today? I'm here to tell you today it has everything to do with each one of us. Love. Love covers a multitude of sins. There are all of us individuals that we have close relationships. Maybe we need to make that first call. Healing. Restoration. Tell somebody, you know, I've I've missed you. Am, Am I... Am I just preaching to the choir here this morning or is this something you is relevant? I believe right now God's speaking to every one of us within this that place that there's some broken relationships that need to be restored. COVID was like a curse on our land. On relationships in our churches what it's done to our churches. Just reading a little bit of a history here that over the last year and a half, there were 40, 40% of pastors resigned from their churches because they couldn't deal with the situation within the church. I was one of them. You could not get Christians to work together. Sad thing. What happened to Love. What happened to grace? And I believe today, this message, if you leave with this today, love. We need to love each other, which takes me to Matthew 22. I want to back it up with Matthew 22, verse 37. And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So what's that mean to me? Well, your heart is your emotional part. Your mind is where you reason. The soul is what God placed inside of you to serve him. Now, that soul is going to serve somebody, but the soul is the part of you that's going to live forever. So when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, it has to go from here to here. You can reason all you want, but till it gets in here, you haven't got Jesus in your heart. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. I am weak, but he is strong. Do you believe Jesus loves you? Do you really believe that? If you have the faith of a child, you'll inherit the kingdom of God. Now here comes the second part. Don't miss this. Verse 38. This is the first and the greatest commandment. 39. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. There it is. We need to be able to First of all, relationship with God, and then our relationship with each other. Brings us back to Revelation verses five and six. How are we doing with time here this morning? Relation? Are you guys Are you guys okay with me here this morning? Are you all right? I know you're not used to this preacher, but am I okay here? All right? Okay. I mean, it just all of a sudden, you got so quiet on me. I know nobody's sleeping because I know you're afraid of the guy beside you. I know that. There's no sleeping going on here. Today. Let's look at Revelation chapter 2, verses 5 to 6. Now we're really going to get into something. You thought you heard something. Here we're now really going to get into this. Here we go. 5 and 6. What's it saying up there? Look, okay, for how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the work you did at first, if you don't repent. I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Six. But this is in your favor. All of a sudden we're going back, and Jesus, well, there we got, there's something good going on here. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Say what? What's a Nicolaitan? Is this Star Wars or what? What's a Nicolaitan? Do you know what a Nicolaitan is? Is that the change you get when you hand in a Tony? I don't know. What's a Nicolaitan? A Nicolaitan was a teaching by a man by the name of Nicholas who taught that you can be a follower of Jesus Christ and still continue to live the lifestyle you did before. That's what they taught. How many people today say, I'm a Christian, praise God. Well, if you are, praise God. But what's coming out of your mouth and what you're saying and what you're doing is not what a follower of Jesus Christ does. It doesn't take you very long to stand and talk to a person and you're going, whoa. This guy isn't what he says he is because out of the mouth comes what's in the heart. Come on. And these Nicolaitans were in the church, but when you're born again, you're a new creation. All things are passed away. You were going that way, and now you're going that way. You can't just keep one foot in the world and one in the church and think you're going to make it. I know this is nothing new to you. You've heard this. But the Nicolaitans, Nicholas was teaching that. And when God says he hates something, you can't get a stronger word than that. And they dealt with it, and Jesus said, I hate that too. And so we have to be so, ask for the wisdom of God how we live our lives. You can't just go and live in a little island by yourself. It it doesn't work. But we are called to be salt and light wherever God places us. But you're not a Nicolaitan. When you walk out of here today, I want you to say, I'm not a inoculation. No, nope. I'm not a inoculation. No, nope. I've been inoculated. I'm not a inoculation. No, nope. I'm not a inoculation. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I will live out that life, and I'll be a light wherever God places me. And they'll know by the words that come out of my mouth that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am not a Nicolation. It's just changed your whole concept of Star Wars. Next time you're going to be looking for a Nicolation, you ain't going to find him. He's not there. Okay. Here we go. Verse 7. Anyone... With ears to hear, must listen. How's your hearing today? Oh, I just turned my hearing aid up. How is your hearing? Are you listening for God's voice? Do you know his voice? I know my wife's voice, Ooh, do I ever. You know, she sent me to Solby's the other day with just four items to get, just four, it's a, and a list, piece of paper, I lost a piece of paper on the way there. I get back, I only got three items. Where's the sour cream? Well, I said, I don't use sour cream anyways. I like butter on my baked potato made sense to me. Are you listening? (laughs) Do you listen? I know every man in here is unbelievable. He listens to his wife. Whatever she says, he says, yes, dear. Yes, dear. I love you, dear. And every woman's head is shaking in here right now. What's going on, you guys? You're going to have a neck problem. (laughs) All right. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit. Are you listening to what God is saying to you? Are you listening? Or have you wandered so far away from the things of God that you don't even know his voice anymore? That's a dangerous place to be. And understand what he's saying to the churches. He's saying this this message today is corporately and individually. This message today is for the church and for each one of us. To everyone who, has, who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life. Say, what tree of life? The tree of life you are going to see in heaven, which means eternal life. The tree of life means you're going to live forever. Remember in the garden, there was two trees, the tree of good and evil and the tree of life. And, and God said, I, I'm not, they can't eat from that tree of life, or they'll live forever. But that tree of life is now in heaven, and you've read the book of Revelation, you're going to see the tree of life. For everyone here that's a follower of Jesus Christ, someday you will see that tree of life, and that is heaven. That is paradise. That is eternal life. Now, there's only two places you can go to. One is eternal punishment, and the other one is eternal life. But it's your choice. You decide. I can't do that for you. No pastor, no preach, no priest, no leader can do that for you. It's your call. Choose you this day who you'll serve. I'll give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. I know about you, but I'm heaven bound. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. No man knows the time of the hour, not even the sun, you don't set dates. But this Bible this morning said soon. What's that say to you, say to us? Be ready. Be ready. Soon, very soon. When I came to the Lord many years ago, the first book, we studied, there's about five young couples came to the Lord in the community we're living in. The first book we studied was the book of Revelation because Jesus was coming back. And I'm as enthusiastic today about that as I was then. You need to live every day as if Jesus is coming back today. I before I conclude, I just I need to tell this story. My wife and I had come to the Lord, and uh, I was cutting grass in the backyard. And those days you didn't have a safety feature on the lawnmower. you just started and it just ran, no matter what. You didn't When you let go, it didn't shut down. But anyways, I went into the garage to get something out of the garage, and a net comes out, and the lawnmower is sitting there running. And Annette says, no, it can't be. He got raptured and I'm still here. But <laughs> I came out of the grass, you should have seen her face. It was hilarious. I got raptured and she was still here. It can't be. Today, as we listen to this message. If it had been written in ink, the ink would be still wet. But you got a text today, an email, straight from God. It's brand new. And the question is, for each one of us, as you sit here, you might be able to say, I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I'm enthusiastic, following him like I always have, that has never faded. But maybe today, as you heard this, the word said, you're not where you used to be. What happened here? What happened to your love? And Jesus is saying, simply repent. Turn. Or maybe you're here and you have never, ever Invited Jesus into your heart. it hasn't gone from here to here. And so if that's your condition, it's not safe for you to die. You need to know where your eternal destination is. As the worship team comes, in just a moment, I'm going to invite everyone to just come to front, front that says, "I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I want you to be honest. You're not doing this for me, You're not doing it for anybody beside you. But if that's you today, say, I'm not where I should be in my walk with the Lord. You might be, have served the Lord 50, 60 years, but you know you're not where you should be. So the worship team is going to play the song just a few times. I'm going to open these altars up. And then I'm going to pray with you, and then we're going to receive the blessing. Because remember how I started this message out? Blessed is he who reads this message, and blessed is he who listens to it. So as they start to play, if that's you, I just want you to simply walk to the front, and we're just going to pray for those that have a desire to have that walk that they once used to have with them.